Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Little Women by Louisa M. Alcott One, playing pilgrims. Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without any presents, grumbled Joe, lying on the rug. It's a dreadful thing to be poor, sighed Meg, looking down at her old dress. Don't think it's fair for some girls to have plenty of pretty things and other girls nothing at all, added little Amy with an injured sniff. We got, we got father, mother and each other, said Beth, contently from her corner. Four young faces on which the firelight shone brightened at cheerful words, but darkened again as Joe said sadly, We haven't got father, and shall not have him for a long time. She didn't say, perhaps never. But every, but each suddenly added it, thinking of father far away where the fighting was. Nobody spoke for a minute, and Meg said in an altered tone, You know the reason Mother proposed not having any presents this Christmas? Because it's going to be a hard winter for everyone. She thinks we ought not to spend money for pleasure. When our men are suffering so many army, we can't do much, but we can make our little sacrifices, ought to do it gladly. I'm afraid I don't. A man shook her head as she thought regretfully of all the pretty things he wanted. But I don't think the little we should spend would do any good. We each got a dollar in the army, wouldn't be much helped by our giving that. Agree not to expect anything from mother or you. I do want to buy and dine and sell to him for myself. I wanted it for so long, said Joe, who was a bookworm. I plan to spend mine on the new music, said Beth with a little sigh, which no one heard but the heart heath brush and kettle holder. I shall get a nice box of fervours. Barbara's drawing pencils. I really need them, said Amy decisively. Barbara didn't say anything about our money. She wouldn't wish us to give any, to give up anything, everything. Let's each buy what we want. Have a little fun. I'm sure we worked hard enough to earn it, cried Joe, examining the heels of her shoes in a gentlemanly manner. I know I do. Teaching those tiresome children nearly all day when I'm longing to enjoy myself at home, began Meg in a complaining tone again. You don't have half such a half time as I do, said Joe. How would you like to be shut up for hours with a nervous, fussy old lady who keeps you trotting? Is never satisfied and worries you till you're ready to fly out the window or cry. It's naughty to fret, but I do think washing dishes and keeping things tidy is the worst job in the world. It makes me cross and my hands get so stiff I can't practice well at all, said Beth. Looked her rough hands with a sigh that anyone could hear that time. I don't believe any of you suffer as I do, cried Amy. But you don't have to go to school, you pertinent girls who plague you they don't know your lessons and laugh at your dresses and label your father if he isn't rich and insult you when your nose isn't nice if you mean if you mean liberal 
I do say so, and not talk about labels, as I as if Papa was pickle bottle. Advertised Joe, laughing. I know what I mean, and you don't need to be satirical about it. It's proper to use good words and improve your vocabulary. Returned Amy with dignity. Don't pick at one another, children. Don't you wish we had the money Papa lost when we all had little Joe, dear me? How happy we could be! How happy, how happy and good we could be if he had no worries to make. Who could remember better times? You said that the other day you thought we were a deal happier with the king children the king children for they were fighting and fretting all the time in spite of their money. So I did, Beth. Well, I think we are for though we have to work, we make fun of our for ourselves and are pretty jolly set, as Joe would say. Joe does use some slang words, observed Amy, with a reproving look at a long figure stretched on a rug to immediately set up. Under that stretch of the rug, Joe immediately sat up, put her hands in her pockets, and began to whistle. Don't, Joe, it's so boyish. That's why I do it. I detest rude and lady like ladies. I'm affected nimbly, nepamly, chit, shirts. Birds in a little nest agree, said Rainbeth, peacemaker, with such a happy face, and both sharp voices softened to laugh, and pecking ended for that time. Really, girls, you are both to be blamed said Meg, beginning to lecture her elderly sisterly in her elderly in her elderly sisterly fashion. You are old enough to leave of bodish tricks to behave better, Josephine. It doesn't matter so much when you were a little girl, but now you're so tall you turn your hair. You should remember that you are a young lady. I'm not, and if turning my hair makes me one, I'll wear it in two tails till I'm twenty, cried Joe, pulling off her neck and shaking down a chestnut mane. I hate to think I got to grow up and be Miss Marsh and wear long gowns and look at Christmas China's Esther. I'm not it's bad enough to be a girl anyway, but I like boys' games and work manners. I don't get over my disappointment not being a boy. It's worse than ever now. I'm dying to go and fight with Papa. I can only I can only stay at home and knit like a poultry pokey old woman. And Joe stuck, shook the blue army sock till the needles ran like clasinets. The ball bounded over, bounded across the room. Poor Joe, it's too bad. They can't be, they can't be helped. As you must try to be contented with your making your name boyish and playing brother to us girls, said Beth, stroking the rough head and knee with a hand that was that all the dishwashing and dusting the world could not make ungentle in its touch. As you, Amy, continue to make, you're altogether too particular and, and prim. Your airs are funny now. You're grown up to affect little goose, uh, an affected little goose, if you don't take care. I take your nice manners and fine ways of speaking. We don't try to be elegant, but you are absurd words. Your said words are as bad as Joe's slang. Is Joe is a tomboy in Amy and Goose? What am I, I please? asked Beth, ready to share the lecture. You're a dear and nothing else, answered Meg warmly, and no one constructed her, for the mouse was the pet of the family. As young readers like to know how people look, we had to take this moment to give them a little sketch of the four sisters who sat knitting 
or in the twilight, while the December snow fell quietly without, the fire crackled carefully within. It was a comfortable room. Though the carpet was faded and the furniture very plain, for a good picture or two hung on the walls, books filled with recesses. Chrysanthemums and Christmas roses bloomed in the windows. A pleasant atmosphere of heaven, home peace prevented it, pervaded it. Margaret, the eldest of the four, was sixteen and very pretty, being plump and fair, with large eyes, plenty of soft brown hair, a sweet mouth and white hands, of which she was rather vain. Fifteen-year-old Joe was very tall, thin and brown, and reminded one of a cult. She was never seemed to know what to do with her long limbs, which were very much in her way. She had a decided mouth, a comical nose, and sharp grey eyes, which appeared to see everything and were by turns fierce, funny, or thoughtful. Her long, thick hair was so was her own one beauty, but it was unusually bundled into her net to be out of her way. Round shoulders had Joe, big hands and feet, fly-away look, her clothes and uncomfortable appearance of a girl, who was rapidly shooting up into a woman and didn't like it. Elizabeth, or Beth, as one everyone called her, was a rosy, smooth-haired, bright-eyed girl, a thirteen with a shy manner, a timid voice of peaceful expression, was seldom disturbed. Her father called her little tranquility. The name suited her excellently, for she seemed to live in a happy world of her own, only venturing out to meet the people whom she trusted and loved. Amy, though the youngest, was for, was a most important person, in her own opinion, at least. At least a regular show maiden with blue eyes and yellow hair, curling on her shoulders, pale and slender, always carrying herself like a young lady, mindful of manners. What the characters of the four sisters were, we will leave to be found out. The clock struck six, and having swept up the heath, Beth put a pair of slippers down and not to warm. Somehow, in the slight of the, sight of the old shoes, the good enough effect upon the girls, the mother was coming, everyone brightened to welcome her. Meg stopped lecturing and blighted the lamp. Amy got out the easy out of the easy chair without being asked, and Joe forgot how tired she was as he sat up to hold her slippers near nearer to the blaze. They're quite worn out. My mammy must have a new pair. I thought I'll get her some for my with my dollar, said Beth. No, I shall, cried Amy. I am the oldest with Meg. But Joe cut it in with a, with a decided I'm the man of our family. Now Papa is away. I should provide the slippers. He told me to take special care of her while he's gone. I'll tell you what we'll do, said Beth. Let's each get her something for Christmas and not anything and not get anything for ourselves. That's like you that's like that's like you, dear. What will we get? exclaimed Joe. They won't fault soberly for a moment minute. And Meg announced as if the idea was suggested by the sight of her own pretty hands, I shall give her a nice pair of gloves. Amy shoes best to be had, cried Joe. Some handkerchiefs all hemmed, said Beth. I shall get a little bottle of cologne, she likes it. I won't, it won't cost much. I have some left to buy it my pencils, added Amy. How will we give the things, asked Meg. Put them on the table, bring them in, see how open the bundles. Don't you remember how we used to do it on our birthdays, answered Joe. 
They used to be so frightened when it was my turn to sit under the big chair crown. I see you all come marching around to give the presents from a kiss. I like the things and the kisses, but it was dreadful to have you, you, you sit looking at me while I, while I open my bundles. So Beth was toasting her face and bread for tea at the same time. Then Mammy think we're getting things ourselves and then surprise her. We must go shopping tomorrow afternoon. Meg, there's much, so much to do about a play for Christmas night. Said Joe, marching up and down with her hands behind her back and nose in the air. I don't mean to act anymore after this time. I'm going to get into all for such things as her Meg, who was not as much a child as ever about dressing up for it. You must won't stop I know as long as you can trail around in a white gown, with your hair down, a wear gold paper jewelry. You're the best actress we've got, and we'll be at an end of everything if you quit the balls, said Joe. We ought to be hers tonight. Come here, Amy, and do the fainting scene, for you are as stiff as a poker in that. I can't help it. I never saw anyone faint. I don't choose to make myself all black and blue, trembling flat as you do. If I can go down easily, I'll drop. If I can't, I shall fall in a chair and be graceful. Don't care if you go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Those down, does come after me with a pistol, telling me was not gifted dramatic power. I was chosen because she's small enough to be born out shrieking by the villain of the piece. Do it this way, clasp your hands up and stagger across the room, going frankly, go, 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 save me, save me, and away went Joe and ran a traffic scream, which is truly thrilling. Amy followed. But she poked her hands out stiffly before her. She jerked herself along as if she went by machinery. Her owl was most more suggestive of pins being run into them to fear fear anguish. Joe gave a despairing groan and Meg laughed outright. While Beth let her bread burn as she watched the fun with interest. It's no use. Do the best you can. When the time comes, if the audience laugh, don't blame me. Come on, Meg. And things went smoothly for Don Pedro. He followed the world in a speech for two pages, but a single break. A other witch trotted on an awful incantation after a pitiful summary toads. A weird effect. Odigo rent his chains asunder manfully. If he could die in agonies of remorse and arsenic. With a wild ha-ha. It's the best we have had yet. 
Ted Meg, there's a dead villain sat up and rubbed her at his elbows. I don't see how you can write an act to defend things, Joe. You're better Shakespeare, exclaimed Beth, who firmly believed that her sister was gifted with wonderful geniuses and all things. Not quite, replied Joe Monsey. I do think that the witch is cursing her operatic tragedy. If I have a nice thing, I'd like to try my Beth. If I only had a direct door for a ranger, I always wanted to do the killing part. Is that the dagger that I see before me? By the joke rolling her eyes and touching the air. So she did As if she had been a famous tragedian do do. See the tra- famous tragedian do. No, it's the pussy fault. My mother's shoe. On it instead of the bread. Very strange truck. Quite Meg. And the, the rehearsal ended in a dreadful burst of laughter. Glad to find you so merry, my girl, said a true voice. The door and the actors and audience turned. Welcome a tall, lovely lady. Well, can I help you look? Matter, which is truly delightful. She's not excellently dressed by a noble looking woman. The girls thought the grainy coat with her fashion bonnet covered the most splendid mother in the world. Well, dears, how have you got have how have you got on today? There's so much to do getting the boxes ready for tomorrow. I didn't come home and I didn't come home for dinner. Didn't come home to dinner. Has anyone called Beth? How is your own cold, mate? Joe, you look tired to death. Come and kiss me, baby. Well, I'll make it even round to our own quarries. Miss March got her wet things off. A wet, a warm service on. Sitting down, the easy chair drew Amy to her lap, preparing to enjoy the happiest hour of a busy day. Girls flew about, trying to make things comfortable, each in her own way. Meg arranged the tea table, drove up wood, and set chairs, dropping overturning and tackling everything she touched. They trotted to and fro between the hall and kitchen, quite busy. Amy gave directions to everyone. She sat with her hands folded. They gathered around the table, Miss March said with a particularly happy face. I've got a treat for you after supper. A quick, bright smile went around, could streak the sunshine. Left clapped her hands regardless of the biscuits we held. And Joe tossed her up my napkin, crying, A letter, a letter. Three cheers for Father. Yes, a nice long letter. He is as well. Thinks he shall get through the cold season better than we feared. He sends all sorts of loving wishes for Christmas. A pleasure message to you girls, said Miss Marsh, patting her pocket, says he got a treasure there. Hurry and get done. Don't stop the quirk. Put a little finger and skip over it. Every your plate, Amy, cried Joe, chugging in her tea. And dropping her bread, buttered side down on the carpet, in a haste to get them to the treat. A treat, Beth was ate no more. Then she crept away to sit in a sherry corner, and brood of the delight to come. The lovers were ready. I think it was so splendid your father to go to Chapman, who is too old to be drafted, not strong enough for a soldier, said Meg warmly. Don't I wish I could. Go as a drummer, a Vivian, what is his name, or a nurse, so I could be near him and help him, exclaimed Joe McGrone. I must be very discreet, I must be very discreet, Stephen Tent. Eat all sorts of bad tasty things, drink of a tin mug, sighed Amy. Along, when will he come home, Mammy me? asked Beth, with a little quiver in her voice. Not for many months, dear, unless he's sick. He will stay and do his work faithfully as long as he can. We don't ask for him back. A minute sooner than 
then you can be spared. Now come and read the letter. They all drew to the fire. Mother in a big chair with both at her feet. Meg and mine perched on either arm of the left chair, and Joe leaning on the back, where no one could see any sign of emotion. The letter should happen to be touching. Very few letters were written in those hard times that were not touching. Treated those which father sent home. This one little was set of hardships endured. The dangerous face of homesickness conquered its cheerful, hopeful letter, full of lively descriptions of campfire, marches, military news. Only in the end did the writer's heart overflow with father's love and longing for the little girls at home. Give them all my dear love and kisses. Tell them I think of them by day, pray for them by night. I find my best comfort in their affection at all times. Yet it seems very long to wait, but I see them, I remind them that will we, while we wait, we may all work, so these hard days need not be wasted. I knew they would I never remember all I said to them. They will be loving children to you. We'll do their duty faithfully, fight their frozen enemies bravely, and conquer themselves so beautifully that when I come back to them, I may be fonder and prouder than even ever by, by, of my little woman. My little women. Everyone sniffed when they came to that part. Joe wasn't ashamed of the great tear that dropped off the end of her nose. Amy never minded rumbling for curls as she hid her face on her mother's shoulder and sobbed out. I'm a selfish girl. I truly try to be better. So you yeah, must may be disappointed in me by and by. We will. We all will. Cried Greg. I think too much of my looks and I hate to work. It doesn't. I won't any more if I can help it. I try and be what he loves to call me, a little woman, and not enough, not be rough or wild, but do my duty here instead of wanting to be somewhere else, said Joe, thinking that keeping the temper home was a much harder task than facing rebel two down south. Bertha said nothing but wiped away her tears. The blue army sock began to knit with all the might, losing no time in doing the duty, a lady was. Uh, which, while she was heard in a quiet little soul, to be all that father hoped to find her, when a year brought round the happy coming home. Miss March broke the silence, and it followed Joe's words by saying in a cheery voice, Do you remember how you used to play Pilgrim's Progress when you were little things? Nothing like you knew more than to have me tie my bags on your backs for burdens. Give you hats and sticks and rolls of paper, and let you travel from the house and the cellar, which is city of destruction, up to the house top, where you had all the lovely things you could take to make the special city. What fun it was, especially going up to the line, going by the lines, fighting a polyvian, and passing through the valley where the hobgoblins were. To Joe, I like place where the bundles fell off and tumbled downstairs. My favourite part was when we came out of the first floor, where our flowers and arbours, pretty things were, and all stood at the tongue for joy there in the sunshine, said Meg, but said Beth, trying if, she, if that pleasant moment come back to her. I don't remember much about it, except I was afraid of selling and dark entry. I always liked the cake and milk we had out of the top, but if, wasn't, if I wasn't too old for such things, I would like to play it over again. 
Till they knew began to talk of renouncing childish things. To age of twelve, we're never too old for this, my dear. Because if it's plain on plain, all the time, one way or another, our burdens are here, our road is before us. Longing for goodness and happiness as a guide, and leads us through many troubles and mistakes to the peace, which is the true celestial city. Now, my dear program, suppose you begin again, not in play, but earnest, and see how far you can get before Father comes home. Really, Mother? Where are you? There are bundles. I was saying he was a very literal young lady. Each of you told Will you tell what your burden was just now, said Beth. I rather think she hasn't got any, said her mother. Yes, I have mine, dishes and dusters. Emily and girls with nice pianos and being afraid of people. Beth's bundle was was such a funny one. Everyone wanted to laugh, but nobody did, for it would have hurt her feelings very much. Let us do it, said Meg thoughtfully. If there's only another name for trying to be good. A story would help us, could help us. For though we do not want, do want to be good, it's hard work and we forget it. We forget we don't do our best. We were in a slough of despond tonight. A mother came and pulled us out, as help did in the book. We ought to have our role of distractions like Christmas. What shall we do after that? asked Joe, delighted with a fancy, which lent a little romance to a little, very dull task doing the duty. Look under your pillows Christmas morning. You will find your good guide. You will find your guidebook, replied Miss March. They talked over the new plan while old Hannah cleared the table. And out came the four little work baskets and the needles flew. The girls made sheets for Aunt March. It was an interesting sewing. But the night no one grumbled. They adopted Joe's plan of writing the long seams, four parts, and calling the quarters of Europe, Europe, Asia, Africa, America, in the way that way got on capitally, especially when they talked about the different countries so as they stitched their way through through them. At nine they stopped work and sung as usual, before they went to bed. No one but Beth could get much music out of the old piano, but she had a way of softly touching the yellow keys, making a pleasant compliment the simple songs they sung, making the voice like a flute. And she and her mother led the little choir. Amy chirped like a cricket, and Joe wandered through the airs at her own sweet will, always coming out the wrong place for croak or quiver that spoilt the most pensive time. June, they had always done this for the time they could lisp, crinkle, crinkle, turtle, tar. And it became a household custom. The mother was a born singer. First sound in the morning was her voice. As she went about the house singing like a lark, last sound at night was a dangerous sound, for the girls never grew too old for that familiar lullaby. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.